I wish that they never found uh, had found him. I wish he was still missing because the outcome wasn't what we had hoped for. But I couldn't imagine not having him home. Welcome, listeners. We're Shedding Light. We're three moms on a mission, Candy, Susie, and Angela, and we're hell-bent on shedding light on missing persons cold cases across Canada in an effort to help families find the missing piece of the puzzle. This is Miri. I've been listening to these girls recording in my basement for hours. And I have to warn you, there's some very foul language and adult content going on. Listener, discretion is advised. I guess you're wondering why three moms are doing a podcast on missing persons cold cases. We're going to give you a little background information on why we're doing this. It's inspired by a personal experience, and we'll get into that in more detail I just want to talk to you about how this may go down. I might stumble. I guarantee I'll stumble. You may get a few F-bombs out of me. Um, I'm not a professional. We're sitting in the quietest home that we can find. At the, at the moment. At the moment. And we're just doing this because we care. And we just want to help in any way. So you reached out to me. Yes, I, I reached out to Susie about a year ago and asked her to do this with me because I think it's really important. And because of uh, a missing person experience, I think it's, you know, something that we're well, born hit, to do. Hit close to home. And I remember when you contacted me um, and, and mentioned doing a podcast, I thought, I can't do it. What's a podcast? Yeah, you didn't I can't know what a podcast a, What is was. a podcast? Is that .ca dot .com? <laughs> I, can't, I can't do that kind of stuff. I'm more humor. But then, you know, the personal experience, which I'll explain to the listeners, um, backing it up again, three three years ago, 
It was two and a half years ago that Nolan went missing. I know. As I said it, I was like, uh, and of course, my big sister's going to correct me. I can't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. I, I was, <laughs> he went missing the same time our dad died and it was just jumbled in my head. But yes, you're right, Angela. It was two and a half years just, ago. Just checking your facts, sister. <laughs> I got a call for a text message from my sister, Angela, who says, Susie, did you know that Nolan was missing? And I was in the bathtub that morning. I always take my phone. And I said, what? And she said, Nolan's missing. Have you talked to Carla today? Carla's my best friend since childhood. I thought, I've never, I haven't heard from her. What are you talking about? So right away, I text Carla. And I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. And the response is, Susie, yes, he's missing. I'm just going to police to report it. And I just, my stomach dropped. I thought, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? And it, so that... It just went on from there. Three months of searching for him, um, looking for answers, pleading to the public. Um, well, you were you and Angela were very um, helpful to Carla with a website, correct? And we put a Facebook page together and we pleaded and begged the public to come forward with any information they had. Um, we were sharing things widespread and... Uh, we had lots and lots of people sending us messages about mostly useless stuff, but little bits and bits came together. And we reached out to another area group called Please Bring Me Home. Um, they're a group of volunteers that have been working together for quite a few years. And their main objective is to find closure for families of missing people. So they had a website set up, which we did not. They allowed us to use redirection into their website so that people could submit anonymous tips. And it was through one of those anonymous tips that was submitted to the police that Nolan was able to be located. And obviously not. Not the, the, not the answer we wanted. No. And um, maybe you can explain how this has impacted Carla and your, ourselves and how we think it's very important to have this media platform to help find or maybe get one answer that can lead to any closure for these families. Well, I think the big thing is everybody needs to work together. And we've, we've said this so many times. It's not who gets to the finish line first. It's about getting everybody to the finish line because everybody's searching for answers and it's not a competition. It's not a competition of who wins the race. Um, and I just, I think we all believe that by working together with the public, with different groups, with the police, um, that the answers will be revealed. And, uh, how can, how can you go wrong if you have all this information and everybody working together, don't work against each other. We're all there to find the same solution. The thing is with cold cases, I mean, in the past, obviously there wasn't, uh, DNA, there wasn't uh, social media, there was, they didn't have the technology and the tools to, to really delve into cases as much as they do today. So it's unfortunate police are busy people when you have a case and all of a sudden it goes cold within a week. It goes really cold. I'm assuming they get tips and thousands of tips, but a lot of those are what we've said. They're bullshit. They get weeded out. A lot of them are, are dramatic or people looking for a response. Some of them are to send them on a wild goose chase. 
And I mean, it wasn't up until I don't know how many years ago that police uh, now have a uh, software system that they can upload all of their tips so they can cross reference if they have anything to do with other cases. But, you know, it's those families candy that you said really hit home for you. Um, thinking of Carla, like imagine if she felt like nobody cared or nobody was still looking for Nolan after two months that, oh, we just go on about our day. Um, have mm-hmm. you found him yet? No. Imagine people after 20 years or 30 years. And, and their family members are still gone. And the police that originally had that case have moved on. Somebody else has stepped in and, and things get lost. Tips go missing. And sometimes it's somebody sitting there that's already submitted that tip years ago. Maybe it didn't get looked at in the right fashion. Mm-hmm. Maybe it got missed. Maybe it got filed somewhere. Maybe they didn't give that tip and they're sitting on a piece of information that they feel isn't valid. This is just to reignite conversations around missing persons so that we can get the help from the public to help bring these people home and give some peace to the families. And I'm so glad that you asked me to do it (laughs) and that we asked, well, Angela begged, (laughs) begged if she could be a part of the podcast. And we really hope that you will all continue to follow us on our journey. And understand that we're not going to solve it. That's we're not the police. We don't have what they have. We just want to maybe find where there's a location or or anything like that. We're not out to get anybody arrested. That's not our job. So Angela's a bit of an armchair detective, so she's as close to a PI as you can get. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we don't need the software because she keeps it all in her head. Makes me so jealous. It's a, it's a bit of an obsession with me. <laughs> But please bear with us because we're really, really new at this and it can only get better, believe me. (laughs) It should. If it doesn't, then you can comment, okay? You can critique, what is it? Critique us. (laughs) So you can can critique critique our critique word. Yes. But we should uh, let you know that we are... uh, Amateurs. Amateurs. And uh, we are going to be speaking with our dear friend, Carla. So please sit back and we hope you enjoy our podcast. Hello. Hi, Carla. Hi, Susie. How you doing, bestie? I'm doing okay. Good. Well, first of all, we want to thank you for being a part of our podcast and, and we truly appreciate you doing this with us, and we know how difficult it can be, so uh, we really thank you from the bottom of our hearts. It's for a very good cause. But yeah. we just wanted to start by, you know, asking if you can share a little bit about Nolan, about what kind of kid he was, about his dreams, maybe his aspirations, maybe things that he liked to do. Uh, Nolan was a, a handsome, smart, funny funny kid that loved his family. Um, he had a big heart. He was a talented drummer. He played the drums at three years old. Um, he was very musically gifted. He was. Uh, yeah. Definitely he was a was. hard worker. He, he worked uh, as a cook for most of his life alongside his father, and he had dreams of opening up his own restaurant someday. Um, He wanted to get married, have a house, have children, and he wanted to make us all proud. And I know Nolan would be really proud, you know, to be a part of this and be helping to bring other 
missing people home to their loved ones. I know he would be. I can feel him with this right now. So Carla, when did Nolan go missing and how long was he missing for? Uh, It was December, December the 11th was the last time Nolan and I had contact. I I sent him a message through Facebook and I know that he saw the message because his picture was there in the last thing I actually said to him was that I loved him. So I know he saw that and he, uh, he was living with his grandfather, um, which is just two streets over from us. Right. And he left, uh, the morning of the 12th. And that was the last time anybody had seen him. So how long was he missing for, Carla? Uh, he went missing on December 12th, and um, the OPP found him on March 15th, 2018. So he was missing for three months. Carla, I know we were all alongside you while you were going through that, and it just... How did you function? Like, how does one function through that time when he was missing? Like, could you function? Like, how were you feeling? I look, I look back and I, I don't know how I did it. I, I'm a dental assistant and I worked, I work, you know, one-on-one with people. And I was getting phone calls on a daily basis from police asking me more questions or people phoning in that had had sightings, you know, and they were, you know, investigating. Um, I, I just look back and, and feel that I was just in a trance. Like I was just going through life. Like it, it's almost like being in a bad movie, like watching a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Almost an out of body experience. Carla. Mm-hmm. Oh my. Angela. So, what did you want more than anything during that time? I wanted more than anything. I, I, my, I think my gut was telling me something was really, really bad. But it, my mind couldn't go there. Where Nolan's father thought the whole time that something, you know, there were signs all along. Like Nolan didn't have, he was always in contact with me. And there was no contact. Um, He was big into social media, and that ended the day that he left. Um, So in the back of your mind, you you didn't want to think the worst. I couldn't go there. No. Like, even when I went to the police, I I went, I, I basically, I remember going there. I had lunch with a girlfriend and I said, I have to go report my son is missing. And it was almost like that's when I started, I went into the trance because everything, it became real that, you know, that this is really happening. And then right away the police were on the radio and, you know, and it just snowballed from there. So Carla, when he was found, did it bring you any peace or any closure? Um, actually, hmm. it's okay. We love um, you, buddy. When they first found him, 
I wish that they never found had found him. I wish he was still missing because the outcome wasn't what we had hoped for. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't imagine not having him home. Yeah. So what would your advice be to people that are going through this and haven't had any closure? I, I, I just, you know, I, you can't lose hope. Um, and that was the big thing. Um, I have candles that spell out the word hope and we would like Gary and I would like them every night and I still like them because I still have hope. Mm -hmm. Um, my hope has had to change. Um, now I hope for justice because we're still going through all the court stuff. Um, but never lose hope. But it's so hard. I couldn't imagine, you know, 25 years of not knowing no. where Nolan was. Like, I realize that now, how important it is that I I have, it gives you a little bit of closure that, He's you know, with you and you were able to, like, have a place to go and see him and, and yeah. talk to him and know that he's safe with you now, right? Yeah. So, Carla, you know we're doing this podcast called Shedding Light, and you know what our purpose and our goal is, is to shed light on missing people and cold cases and in the hopes that we find answers for families like yourself. Yeah. And how do you feel about us doing this? I I think it's awesome. Um, You know, people... There's so many missing people, and I never realized it until <laughs> it happened to me. And you don't real, you know, sometimes you don't know until you're in a situation. And it's, it, there's just too many missing people. And I can't imagine, you know, being a parent and not knowing. Yeah. Well, we wanted to let you know that we are going to be dedicating the podcast to Nolan's memory. And and we think of you all the time. And that was our... Kind of driving force, I guess. Yeah, that's what started all of this. And, yeah. And I, you know, yeah. I thank you so much for being with us here today and... And love, hope that we uh, can make you proud. We love you, Carla. I am proud, and I know Nolan would be proud. I know I can and feel him today. You know, it's a positive thing. It was such it's such a bad thing to go through, but it's it's nice if if I can help in any way. And you have um I would like to if oh. this helps anyone. And what what has really helped me, um, uh, Nolan, as you know, was murdered. And my best help for me is uh, my friend Donna, who her son was also murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know uh, if there's any group. I would imagine there's groups because there's so many missing people. If someone, you know could get involved in a group or even a single person. I'm not a group person, but I was fortunate enough to meet Donna and it's really helped me because nobody can understand until you you're in it. 
You yeah. just need a buddy you can system, try to right? Explain it to people, but no. you're in it alone. Yeah. You know, you have people supporting you, but it's very lonely to yeah. go through. No, nobody, nobody understands it. Nobody can claim that they understand because it, unless they've been through it. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. Carla, we thank you for your time, honey, and um, we love you very You're much. Very you know we do, and we and love, I love you, you guys, Nolan. And I'm, I'm so proud of everything you're trying to do to help. Well, and if everybody, you know, and it's just with Nolan too, the investigation is still open, and it's it might be the littlest thing. That's right, um, but it could help to bring someone home. That's right. Yeah. And that's that's our wish and our hope and our prayer. What Carla has been through is every person's worst nightmare, every yeah. parent's worst nightmare. And the sad thing is, she is not alone. No, I don't even think we have actual stats on cold cases because there's no comprehensive national database that we could find. But according to like a relatively new RCMP database, I think it was uh, since 2015, Police have recorded more than 71,000 missing persons in Canada and some 45,000 of those being children. Pretty sad. What What is the definition of a cold case? Oh, look. Oh, Angela has her phone out already. Ange, what is it? What's the actual definition? Well, according to the Oxford Dictionary, cold case is an unsolved criminal investigation which remains open pending the discovery of new evidence. So... It doesn't mean to say that it isn't an active and open investigation. It's an unsolved investigation. Right. And we want the you, the listeners, to realize that we don't expect this podcast to result in a happy ending for anyone. No, as, as long as someone's missing, there's always a glimmer of hope. But there's also that deep sense of yearning for answers. Well, it's a really, like, think back to what Carla said. She was in a trance, and it really is just a state of limbo between hope and grief. So I think with closure, it gives the family an opportunity to grieve and maybe have a place to go and mourn and a celebration of life for the child. They know that there's not going to be a knock on the door. They have an answer. There's Mm -hmm. a period at the end of the sentence, like you had said earlier to me. Yep. The older the case, the colder the case. Right. So, yeah, like years go by, and the more years that go by, the fewer leads that come in. And unfortunately, if it's not your child, your life goes on, right? Like you go to work every day. You might It might crop up in a conversation, but as years pass, do you think about particular cases every single day if they're not your family? Probably not. And it's sad. We don't want those loved ones to be forgotten. And unfortunately, the families, you know, are the ones that are left behind having to deal with it every single day, right? Well, they have to wake up every morning and say, start their day off with that person missing and then go to bed at night with the same, that person's missing. Right. Like it's it's a never ending story. Ending. Yeah. And eventually that case, that person gets forgotten. The families are the only ones carrying the torch. And our hope is that this podcast can serve as a platform for the public to let those families know that their loved ones aren't forgotten and that by working together, we can bring them home. We want to encourage public participation as much as possible. We really, really need your help. 
we need you to help us help the families and we need to tell these stories about these missing people and um it's only well, possible with you. Yeah, and there's so many cold cases out there, and trust me, we will try to do as many as possible. But we have decided that per season, we're going to focus on one case. There's going to be multiple episodes. We want to. It may take longer. We want to get as much information out to you, and we're breaking down everything. We're not going to rush this. We want to make sure everything's right, and we just want to keep it the best for you. There are so many cold cases out there, and right now our friends at Please Bring Me Home, Matt, Nick, and Melissa, uh, have almost 50 cases featured on their site. And we've mentioned these guys before at Please Bring Me Home. Their goal is to find the missing, bring them home to their family and friends. And originally, they started with just a few cases. And back in 2019, they were featured on a W5 episode on CTV. And after that, they had a huge influx of people getting in touch with them to help them find their missing loved ones. So what we've decided to do, because we're going to be focusing on one case at a time, and there are so many of them out there, we're going to feature one of Please Bring Me Home's cases at the end of each one of our episodes. Please stay tuned. We're going to start season one with a beautiful young girl named Melanie Etze, who is from Nuliskert, Ontario. She was 15 years old, and in 1996, she went missing. You heard how Carla endured three months of uh, not knowing where her son was. Can you imagine 23 years? It'll be 24 years this September that Melanie Eche went missing, disappeared without a trace, and her mother, Celine, has been longing for answers for that entire time. So please, if you have anything you'd like to share with us, whether it's a story you've heard, something that you've submitted in the past, um, share it with us. We have lots of ways for you to contact us. Our email address is sheddinglightpodcast at gmail.com. Our website address is www.sheddinglightpodcast.ca. And we also have a phone number which you can call or text 437-374-3030. Please join us for Season 1, The Disappearance of Melanie Etier.